The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Hello, this is Megan judge and you are listening to judging Megan. Hi everybody. Happy pre Thanksgiving week. We're recording this the week of Thanksgiving uh, I just wanted to let you know it is the week of Thanksgiving, but I don't really care because I put out my Christmas decorations and I've always been somebody that thinks it's really strange when people have Christmas decorations out before Thanksgiving or, you know, like in the early fall. I mean, why can't we just celebrate the holidays? But I have all of my Christmas and Thanksgiving decorations mixed together. So it's a hodgepodge and I don't care because it's COVID. What I do have a problem with is people that leave out their Christmas decorations after. And I've always been so judgmental of like, you know, the people like the moms that have like the reindeer ears on their car and the Rudolph red nose reindeer nose, and then they leave it on until like March or April and one ear has fallen off. And then the reindeer nose is turned gray. Take the reindeer nose off of your car. Christmas is over. Let's celebrate the holidays one by one. But I feel like, you know, we get a pass this year because it's COVID. So Christmas makes me happy and Christmas trees make me happy. So happy Thanksgiving week. Hi, everyone. So we are lucky enough today, or I am lucky today, to have my friend Mitzi Henry on. Mitzi is my friend. She's been my friend for many years. We met when our oldest kids were in preschool. And I remember meeting Mitzi. And, you know, when you have toddlers, I was the mom that always was like sweating and had like pieces of hair, like stuck to my face and was chasing Sophie. And like, I couldn't wear jeans 
because when I bent down to like pick Sophie up, my butt crack would show like not cute, but Mitzi seemed to always like be at preschool, have it together. No hairs were out of place. She always had a smile on her face. I just, I didn't understand how somebody could look like that and not be sweating and chasing their toddlers. Not to mention the fact that at that time she had three. So Mitzi, welcome. Welcome to my podcast. Oh my goodness. You're always so flattering. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, it's Uh, true. I am so excited to be here. I'm so nervous, but I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, don't be nervous. I mean, it's just like having a conversation with me. And I mean, I don't make you nervous having conversations, do I? You don't. You make (laughs) me laugh. (laughs) I mean, maybe I do. Who knows? But um, I'm just really grateful. And I think my audience is going to be really grateful uh, to listen to your story today. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like I said, we met in preschool Uh, Mm -hmm. Our kids both went to a Catholic preschool in our area and it was just, it is a magical place. Um, The director, Mara, is my friend. I adore her. She's a wonderful lady. And you walk into this preschool and it's just, it's a really special place. Uh, And there's some really special families there and just special people. And I remember meeting you and I still kind of remember like you had bangs at one time and you were like one of those people that could pull off bangs. Yes, you did. You had bangs. (laughs) You didn't? You went through a phase where you had blonde hair and bangs and you wore moccasins. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. Um, But I remember, I remember meeting you and you've just always come across as somebody that's so cheery and happy and just kind to everybody. And, you know, you kind of wonder, oh, is this really just an act? But no, you really are really kind and really like that and just an incredible person. So like I said, thank you for coming on. Um, I wanted to kind of talk to you today about your journey being a mother. So you're a mommy to three children and you also are a children's book author. And not to mention the fact that you're a really gifted writer. I remember going out with you the first time we really hung out and you had shared some of your writing with me. And I remember thinking, to myself, wow, this is a really deep, cool girl. I really can't believe that I met her because she's kind of deep like I am. And so I really appreciate that about you. But what I wanted to talk about is um, just like kind of your journey. Um, And I know your son, Jack, was diagnosed with fragile X. So I just want to start with that. Could you tell me a little bit about what that was like getting that diagnosis with Jack? And just tell me a little bit about what it was like giving birth to twins and having your oldest Nolan. Come on, give me the backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Yeah. So yeah, you and I met, I think it was like, we had just gotten his diagnosis. Um, And so I think, you know, just my form of therapy was to write that blog. And I actually reread it last night because I, um, I wanted to refresh my memory. (laughs) You know, you forget, you forget the hard times. That's why there's, you know, you have multiple children. Yeah. (laughs) You forget it's hard. And, and so, um, so yeah, so I guess it started with, uh, Nolan was about six months old when we got pregnant again with twins. And it was a total surprise because twins do not run in our family. 
And so then, you know, by the time everybody was home, I had three babies under a year and a half. Um, (laughs) I don't know how one does that. I really don't. Apparently you do, you know, yeah. you, do it. you just get it done. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the, it was a madhouse and crazy and just like lack of sleep and, you know, um, and it was all survival for, geez, the first two years and around, around six months, we started noticing that Jack wasn't hitting his milestones like his sister or like his older brother had before. And so then, you know, we would take him to all these specialists and they're like, no, no, he's fine. He's just a little bit delayed. Uh, He has a little bit of um, low tone, which, you know, means like his muscles are like kind of noodly like. And um, so it made it a lot harder for him to sit up or, you know, once it came to the time of him walking, it made it a lot harder for him to walk. And, you know, that was always the case. We take him to the doctor, wasn't reaching his milestones and, you know, no, he's fine. He's fine. He'll outgrow it. And then finally, there was a party we went to. It was for my brother-in-law. And the moment we stepped into the venue, something snapped in Jack. And it was like he was having a panic attack. And he was two at this time. It wasn't a toddler tantrum. I could tell that it was like completely different. You know, I was well-versed in toddler tantrums at that point in my life. And this was not that. And so for a solid two hours, he just was like, kind of like scratching me and just like scratching himself. Like it felt like, you know, I'd only ever had one panic attack in my whole life. And that's exactly what it looked like he was having. So, you know, the next day he woke up and he was fine and we're like, okay, well, maybe it was just like a one-time thing. And then the following Friday at that time, when all the babies were babies, we would do this thing called Friday Chardonnay Club. which was my saving grace at the time. And Didn't every- I come to Friday Chardonnay? I just have a Friday Chardonnay club I by myself. I feel like you came to it. It had to stop once the kids were in elementary school, but like, yeah, yeah I mean, it was my saving grace, you know? Yeah. So we were at a Friday Chardonnay club and um, this was like people that he grew up with, people he knew. And he, once again, something flipped. And I remember I hid in my friend's master bedroom with him and just squeezed him and held him super tight. And the pressure seemed to really, he responded to it well. So we, I just kept doing that, held him tight. And you know, the easy answer would, would have been to just leave and go home. But I had the other two that were having a blast and I felt so bad pulling them away, you know. Anyway, that was the clue that I needed and like the, the evidence that something definitely was wrong. So then I called all his specialists, his teachers, and somebody threw out fragile X syndrome. I had never heard of it. Um, I Googled it, which you should never do. <laughs> and the laundry well, Googling, list. Googling in general is never a good it's idea. Not a good like idea. If, you have a, if I have a cut on my finger, I'll be like, <laughs> what is this cut? And then suddenly I'll tell Ron that I'm dying of like some yeah. rare disease. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Understand. So, yeah. So, you know, it was awful to Google and his pediatrician did not think that that was the case. Um, so we ended up having to find a doctor that would do the blood test and it took, oh man, I think it took like a solid three months to convince somebody to like do the test. And then it took another, you know, two months to get the results. Um, and so the day before my birthday, March 14th, 2014, we, got a call that said, we have the results, but the doctor can't give them to you until Monday. And it was a Friday and I was on my way to Friday Chardonnay Club. 
And I went psycho and you know me, I am calm. I am collected. <laughs> you're, you're the most calm and collected person I've ever yeah. met, so, yeah. but I can't imagine that is Knowing so that, messed up to yeah, have to they get had that. Yeah. Results and they were like, no, but you got to wait three more days. And I'm like, but you have the results. Well, the doctor's not in. And so you know, it was 4.30, their office was going to close at five. And I finally convinced them after using a number of, you know, words that my Catholic mother would blush hearing. <laughs> um, I convinced them to fax them to my pediatrician. And they said that they faxed them. It was five o'clock. The pediatrician was closed, but I left a message on the like hotline, you know, like, please, please, please. I, these were faxed to you. Please, please, please call me if you get this, you know. And I got a call right away from the pediatrician and she, I mean, oh, I like, she just said, Mitzi, I should, I don't want to do this over the phone. I'm going to cry. I cry every time I talk about it. That's okay. I mean, yeah. that's what this is about. And remember that, I mean, to backpedal a little bit, like at this, what age was Jack at this point? He was two and a half at this point. Yeah. Okay. And just to like, not have it like, Whoever called out the initial diet, like that it could be fragile X, who was that? Was that a doctor? Was that a friend? No. So it was his, um, so at this point he was at an early intervention school called Leaps and Bounds, which is incredible. We loved it there. And it was one of the therapists there that thought it could be maybe that, you know, or like she had seen a kiddo and there were similarities in their behavior but it wasn't a doctor, like all the doctors we saw, none of them ever, they're like, nope, it's not that, it's not that. So- Because it's still, it's a rare, it's a it's, rare thing, right? Yeah, Can you it's still rare. Um, it's, I think it's, I have, I wrote down stats cause I'm terrible of, about remembering, but it's like one in 7,000 males have it and one in 11,000 females have the wow. population. So it's still pretty rare. And you know, when we were having babies, it's not something that was tested. Um, unless I think you were high risk or something. And I didn't realize that I was high risk for it, you know? Yeah. So you, the pediatrician told you yeah, over the phone he, that he, yeah, he's, he tested positive and he has the full mutation. And then, and then, you know, like you kind of like get in this fog where it's like, all I could do was thank her. <laughs> it's like, thank you for giving me the worst news of my life, but thank you because you gave me the news, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then of course it was like, she was just telling about all the, telling me all about the like support groups and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't hear any of it, but I, you know, I, it was just awful. It was awful. But the silver lining of it was that I was with my Friday Chardonnay club crew and immediately got the women supporting women, you know, like they just hugged me so tight and I never ever felt like I was alone in this ever, you know? Um, and not to mention my husband, like Steve is just, I mean, there's nobody else. I think that we could go through that. I could go through with this so positively and find all the good if I were not going through it with him, you know? Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, and, that's and, sort of the diagnosis. <laughs> and, and did you, so when you found out and you, and I, I understand how that is, um, real true friends like that, that they're there for you no matter what. And, you know, I think that I wish I would have been there, you know, because yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that getting those, that kind of news in life is just, it's so shocking. And it's like, you're in denial. It's like, you go through yeah. all the stages of grief, right? 
So you're probably in shock in the beginning. And like you said, you tuned it out. So then what did you do once you like left the Friday Chardonnay club? Like, how did you end up telling Steve? Did Steve already know, or did you have to sit him down or? So I, so, um, he was at work and then I think I waited for him to get home from work. And yeah, I just said, I said, honey, it's, it's positive. And he was like, he was very, he was very positive about it. He was like, well, that's fine. It's okay. And it was so interesting because for me, it was like a death in the family, kind of all the hopes and dreams that you have for this kid. I like, they slipped away from me almost immediately. So my, my grieving process happened immediately and it's still happening, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Because as you know, as they grow, like you realize, oh my God, well, he, I don't know if he'll be able to do that. I don't know if he's going to go to college, you know, and like all the things that you hope and wish for, for your typical, typical kids, you know, Steve, on the other hand, he was like, well, listen, it's not a death sentence. He's okay. Like we're going to figure it out. And so, um, because I think for him backtracking a little bit, when the twins were born, um, Neva was born with something called um, pancreatic dual denal atresia, which means her intestine was wrapped around her pancreas. So when she was four days old, she had to have intensive surgery. So for him, that was scarier in the moment, you know, of getting the diagnosis, that was scarier because that could be life or death for her, you know, and obviously, you know, Neva, she's like, the strongest little chickie around. Like there's no, there's no <laughs> pushing her down, you know? Um, she's an incredible little girl and you know, her, her um, recovery was textbook. So no big deal. She was fine. And so it's so funny how, how differently we read it, you know? And so there was one day where Steve, I guess it was like six months after receiving the diagnosis was on a plane and he was reading an article in a magazine of a dad who had a son with a special needs, an intellectual disability, which is basically what Jack has. And, and do, you, do you mind stopping for one sec? Sure. I just wanted to, like, when we go into this, because a lot of people don't understand what Fragile X is. Right. right. I know it's a chromosomal, um, what would you say? Like, is it on the, it's on the same spectrum as autism? Or can you explain exactly what Fragile X is for my audience? Yes, yes. So, um, so Fragile X is genetic um, and it is an intellectual disability. Um, it's, it affects males more than females because it's on the X chromosome. So on the X chromosome, we all form this protein. And what happens with um, people with Fragile X is they don't make enough of it. And that's why they call it Fragile X, I guess. And so for girls who have it, since we have two X chromosomes, the one that doesn't make enough protein, uh, the one that does make enough protein makes up for the one that doesn't, you know? And for boys, since they only have one X chromosome, it really affects them because they don't have a backup. Um, So the way it manifests itself is, you know, lower IQ, developmental disabilities, like globally. Um, So, you know, having a hard time walking, jumping, all those things, low tone. So he's like a noodle. social anxiety, uh, depression, ADHD, ADD, uh, you can have seizures. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> uh, some kids are nonverbal, some kids are verbal and it's a spectrum, right? So it's yeah. just, it's kind of unknown how severe 
it's going to be or how it's going to manifest itself. Um, the hardest thing for me was finding out that I'm the carrier. He got it from me because um, it's passed on from not just from the mothers, but, you know, it, it's on the X chromosome. So dads can pass it to their daughters, um, but not to their sons. And moms who have a, a premutation have a 50% chance to pass it to all of their children. So um, I guess we're pretty lucky that Jack is the only one who, who got the full mutation, but that was the hardest pill to swallow to know that it came from me, you know? And, and, the, and, the, and I understand that, but it's like you, the, these things in life are just like out of control. And yeah. I, I hate to skip ahead, but when I see how proud you are of Jack and what a great mom you are, sometimes I wonder if, you know, they say that God only sends you things that you can handle, which yeah. I'm always like, really? Like how much more do I have to handle? Exactly. But then I hate saying that because I'm like, okay, God, I'm good. You know, but yeah. you're, you are such an incredible mom. I know you, you're my friend, Thank obviously, you. but certain types of people would not be able to handle it with such grace and, Thank and, you. you know, and you, you've become such an activist for the Fragile X community. Yeah. So. I think, I think for me, like the biggest thing was, I didn't know anything about it and it was part of me, you know, I had no idea. So that's why I'm so vocal about it because, you know, we could have prevented it had I known, you know, um, and how, like, and how could you have prevented it? Like you what could do would... IVF and that okay. sort of thing. Like they can test the eggs and only put in the good ones. And, you know, that's a route you, you could take. Um, a lot of people just decide to just take a chance, you know, it's, it's just a matter of what you want or what you believe in. Um, I think had we known, you know, it's so hard to say, cause I, he's like amazing, <laughs> you know, it's just what I, I wish I could take away some of, some of his anxiety and some of the hurdles that I know that he has to overcome. Um, but I would never change him. You know, I would never want to change him. He's awesome. I would yeah, change all the panic attacks he had when he was two. Oh my God, those were awful. Yeah, and so and so going back to the beginning. So when you got the diagnosis, and then you what like you were, you know, Steve was dealing with it in one way, and you were dealing with it, and you know, you were in shock. And what? How long did it take you to kind of go, okay, Mitzi, I got to reel this in, and I have to, you know, really figure out ways to make this work because. Also, Nolan is not even, he's not even a year older. Nolan's her oldest, is not even a year older than the twins. He's, he's uh, 15 months older. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So basically close to Irish twins. Yeah. Triple. Which, you know, <laughs> so you're dealing with, I'm sure at that point, having to deal with, you know, Nolan still being really little and then yeah. Eva and then, you know, Jack at the same time. So how were you able to just pull yourself back into being a mom and getting through all of it and figuring it out. So I would say no, like Nolan and Neva and, and Jack, just having all the kids so small saved me because I was too busy to, to just dwell on it. You know, I was too busy yeah. to just focus on what he couldn't do, or I couldn't focus on that. I had to like get through each day, you know? And so honestly, I was just reading back on my blog. I'm like, gosh, after a week, I was, okay, let's, let's do this. I've cried. I've gotten it out of my system. And listen, I still cry every meeting that we have with his teachers or whatever. I still cry. 
but I had like, you know, put on my big girl pants and I was like, okay, we're going to figure out a path for him. And I think, you know, it's all so unknown, but so far so good. I'd say, I don't know. You know, I think it was <laughs> how, like if some, what is your blog still up? So like, if somebody yeah. is a new like parent and like happens to be listening to this podcast and they got the fragile X diagnosis what is your actual blog and your could they reach out to you on Instagram can you give all that information yes absolutely so I kind of put it all together on in a little package and it's on Mitzi Davis I'm sorry that's my maiden name (laughs) MitziHenry.com Steve's gonna love that um MitziHenry.com and so on there you'll is my blog is a link to buy the children's book I wrote is a link to Jackie's X-Men. And I still need to add the, our latest little project that we started, which is called Jack's Clubhouse. Okay, can um, you talk about number one, your book, which by the way, <laughs> is so cute. And if you're local to the Manhattan Beach uh, like area, South Bay, talk about like where people can go buy it because we want to support small oh, businesses during this time. Yes. So my friend, Ali Baldaki, she just opened up a little shop called the shop with an E at the end. So S H O P P E. And it's part of the shop, the hair salon. And it's, um, she's carrying the book there and, um, or you can find me on Instagram at Mitzi D Henry. Um, and, you know, direct message me, or you can buy it on Amazon. I mean, I know it's not small business, but it's available there. Um, or bookbaby.com. It's on there as well. And um, talk about what the book's about. Cause I so, love it. My kids read it. Thanks. You know, I, I own it obviously. And, um, they love it as my younger one, Ella, I read it to her a lot, but I really love it because it's about inclusion. It's about you know, being different. And you talk about why you decided to write that. Yeah. So um, big picture, my main goal in life is to try to make the world as compassionate and empathetic as possible. Um, Because I think with that, it would make selfishly Jack's life easier (laughs) once I'm not here. And, and all kids with special needs, you know, I don't, it's, you know, when you're in a store and you see a kiddo behaving a certain way, I don't want judgment thrown their way. I want compassion and empathy. That was the purpose of writing this little series. And so this is the first book that I launched and it's called Bell and the Hundred Mile Smile. And it's just about spreading kindness just through smiles and because smiles are contagious, you know? And it's about Belle and her brother who has stuff um, going through their daily life, just trying to spread this, you know, infectious condition around town, which is ironic that it came out right when COVID came out, infectious conditions. Um, Yeah, but don't you think that that's good? It's (laughs) It's actually good timing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the first book talks about just spreading love and kindness and a lot of pictures of um, the artwork is incredible. I worked with this artist called Sophia Vincent Guy and she's based out of um, Israel. And we, I don't even know how it happened, but we somehow connected through friends of friends of friends because I reached out to people and somebody threw her name and email address out and I emailed her and she was, you know, happy to help me bring this to life. And I just love, I mean, she's just so talented. Um, And so she was able to, through Google Earth, like find, you know, the Manhattan Beach Pier and she featured that in there. And, you know, there's lots of little friends in town that um, 
are kind of featured in the book. So you can kind of look for it that way, but um, it's fun. It was such a fun process. And I taught myself the entire process. Like I Googled, how do you write a children's book? <laughs> you know, like, no, but I love that because I remember, um, you know, like you meet certain people in life and you can just tell they have like a special spark. So. You have that special yeah. spark. And, um, and I remember you saying, I'm going to write a book about this. And a lot of yeah. times people will say, oh, I'm going to write a book or whatever they say they're going to do. You're like, uh-huh. But yeah. you, I believed you and you just were determined to get it done and do it. And, and just all of your, um, your activism and your spreading awareness about Fragile X, you know, is pretty unbelievable. So yeah. talk about Jackie's Clubhouse and X-Men, that that's the charity, correct? Yes. So, okay. um, so my brother started Jackie's X-Men. He ran a Tough Mudder and decided, you know what, I think I'm going to do a fundraiser for Jack and run a, a Tough Mudder and see, you know, how much money I can raise. And then it became kind of an annual thing. And every year we would bring more and more people onto the team. I know and you tried to get me to do I it. I tried to get you to do it. <laughs> I've run marathons, um, yeah. but I yeah. remember you were like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. But then I'm a little bit of a princess. And when yeah. there's mud involved, there's lots of like mud on my face. I don't <laughs> think I can do that, but yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Think it's great that you do it. Yeah, it, they turn out to be such fun events and, you know, you do get muddy, you do get crazy. Um, I did one full mutter, which is like the 12 miles and like, it's like the craziest obstacles and like you run through an electrical fence type thing. Oh. Insane, right? But only, you know, to raise funds for Fragile X and, you know, it all goes towards the, um, we've split funds between Fraxa, which is a fundraising and the National Fragile X Foundation. Um, and they both kind of do separate things like one helps support families and then the other one kind of raises funds to find a help find a cure someday. So anyway, it's just a fun thing. And unfortunately COVID, so you can't really do Tough Mudders now, you know, um, but we'll get them up and running again. Yeah, they're really fun. Maybe next year I'll do it. I say that every year I'm pretending. Oh my gosh. Maybe Rob I'll be a cheerleader. I'll be yeah. a cheerleader on the sideline. And then tell me about what the clubhouse is. So the clubhouse is our latest and greatest uh, adventure. We decided, Steve and I, to open up a space for kiddos. And the purpose of it is for kids like Jack or anybody really to have a, a space to call their own to socialize. Um, and the cool thing about it is that uh, Steve's friend, he created this programming system called Intellivance, and it's like really, really cool. Just short version is that it connects um, colors and shapes with numbers and um, chords and, you know, keys and that sort of thing. So it teaches kids how to do math through music and sound and, you know, all sorts of different types of like video games, but also like interactive piano playing and any, anyway, like they were amazing and brought in all the equipment to our space and kids can just come and hang out. So the goal is to have it up and running for people to come and sign up in 2021. COVID really set us back, you know, because it's a smaller space and we just, you know, don't want to be the. Where is this space? So this space is on Manhattan Beach Boulevard. It's okay. like two blocks from our house. Um, not two blocks, like two blocks off of Sepulveda, west towards the ocean. 
And um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. You know, we've had a couple friends come and bring their kids. And there's one kiddo in particular who is obsessed with the space and asked his mom to come and check it out and hang out like every day. <laughs> and so it's just fun and it's free. We're not charging. It's just, you know, a space for the kids. And if people want to contribute to help us stay afloat, uh, that would be great. Uh, because it's a nonprofit. So it is, it's uh, the nonprofit is Jack's Clubhouse um, 501c3. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I would like to contribute. I didn't know oh, about that. I would love to. I love that you're doing all of these things because like I said, you, a lot of times people might get a diagnosis like that in a child and just shut down and just, you know, go through life and be like, this is what it is. Or they can turn the diagnosis around and be like, I'm instead going to take this by the horns and just be proactive and productive and do something with it. And I really, I mean, I think it's unbelievable that you're doing that. And I know you're a pretty hardcore determined person and you're also a really good and kind person. Um, I wanted to know what it's been like during COVID to be dealing with, you know, Jack having fragile X and I can't imagine that must be, I, I know what I'm dealing with, with my two children. So, you know, to be dealing with a child with special needs, that must be very difficult. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Well, Jack is living his best life. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He, when, when he was online distance learning, all the social anxiety was taken away right? He didn't have to perform. He didn't have to behave a certain way because he was in the comfort of his own home. So that bit of it for him was like a dream come true. He loved it. Um, Now sitting in front of a computer all day, zooming, that is my worst nightmare or trying, trying to get him to focus. It's literally just, it's, you know, four hours of trying to get him to focus. (laughs) And, you know, if he learns one thing a day, I call that a successful day because it's just, it's, it's near impossible to get him to, to focus on the computer. Do you, do you yeah. sit with him the whole time? Yeah, I have to. Okay. And it's, it's kind of sad because like, I don't get to help Nolan and Eva at all. Um, luckily, all three of their schools are really, they've done an incredible job. So this year we just moved out of public school and moved into private schools and, you know, the writing was on the wall for public school for Jack that he was not going to be able to get on campus and he desperately needs to be on campus. Like it, there's no way around it. Like he will not excel or succeed or thrive without being on campus. The quite opposite was happening. You know, lots of regression, lots of social regression. Like I was saying, he was happy, but anytime we had to go to the store, it was like all the anxiety was coming back and, you know, all the stuff that we had worked so hard to have him overcome was creeping back in, you know? And so that's really sad. And I know that that's the case for a lot of families, you know? And I know that we are very, very, very blessed and very lucky that we had that option to switch him, you know, to a a private school. And they, they were ready. They were ready for the kids. It's an incredible school. And he was able to go on campus starting September 14th, right when the governor said, you know, kids. With and, how, and how has that been going so far? Oh my God. It's a dream. <laughs> it's incredible. And it's, you know, it's that school felt, feels a lot like American Murders Preschool. It's a magical place. The, the people understand the kids. They um, 
are welcoming and warm and you know the kids keep their masks on it's a big enough campus where there there's only 10 kids in the whole school on campus and um wow so it's just really you know a lot of one-on-one -on -one learning so he's thrived actually like you know more than we could have ever dreamed you know but i know how lucky we are you know that we're able to do that if you if you were to um i know that you're really actively involved in social media and you know reaching out to people and my specialty um, as steve would yeah, say yeah <laughs> and collaborating are you like if if you were to have somebody go through the journey that you've been through so far with Jack, what is one thing that you would say to them if they were to get this diagnosis of Fragile X? Um, it's not a death sentence. <laughs> it's a lot of unknowns, but to have hope. And that with time, more information is coming and more possibilities are coming. And, um, yeah, just enjoy the little isms that your kids have. Enjoy them because, you know, they're special. And they, these kids, they are like so in tune with other people. They're so empathetic. They're so compassionate. They're so, um, and they're just born that way, you know, and just to soak it all up. They're hysterical. And they're, they have really, really good senses of humor. <laughs> so um, I love that. Oh yeah. It's really, it's, it's a hoot. And he, he makes this a happy home, you know, and, you know, I will add if the kid has siblings, it's the best gift you could give the siblings because Nolan and Eva also have more empathy than most, you know, it's, it's really cool to see. And then there's, are they, and, are they the kind of kids that would, um, a lot of times I know kids with, you know, a sibling that has special needs, they're like, going to go fight the, a kid on a playground if they look at them with stink eye or something. I could see Neva being yeah. that. <laughs> so I think, yeah, Neva might take that role. I think, you know, uh, Nolan, Nolan is wise beyond his years. I think he would like talk them down <laughs> somehow. He'd be like, listen, guys, let's work this out. Like, do you understand what's happening here? Like he's much more, you know, like he'd, he'd figure out a way to explain the situation and, you know, de-escalate everything. Um, that, that would be Nolan. Neva is much more of a brute. Yeah. She, <laughs> she <laughs> I love them. You They're know? so cute. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say just to like, um, circle back a little bit on a side note. So during COVID I laugh because, you know, a lot of people have found ways to cope during COVID. Um, I noticed that you and I are going down similar paths where we both got Pelotons, yes. both got a second puppy because we're insane. Oh and God. what else? What else? Oh, I've been drinking a lot of buttery Chardonnay. Oh my gosh, I'm back on that boat too. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that um, just dealing with like, I like having the three kids and COVID and oh my gosh, all that stuff. But you know, there's so much good out there right now too. I mean, I know it's terrible for a lot of people and it's hard, but you see the good in people too. And you see all the people that are really trying to make a difference and just lending a hand more than they would. And, you know, so I try to focus on that. And that's what I've like done, I think my whole life. I don't know. My parents might tell you differently. My brother might tell you differently, but no, I, you're, you're I like, you, you really are that person. I have a, I don't know if you remember this when yes. you went on a trip one time and <laughs> Mitzi's like, 
I like joke that she's like a little princess from like a Disney princess because, you know, you go on these like girls trips and everyone wakes up and everyone's been drinking. And I went into Mitzi's <laughs> room and there were, she was like, what a glorious day. There's like, I'm like, is there a bird about to land on your finger right now, Mitzi? <laughs> oh my gosh. She's just so- didn't have three kids and two dogs hanging on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A glorious day. Yeah, I just think that that's good. And I think you're right. I think that with COVID there, we can take the approach of, um, you know, I mean, I think it's been a roller coaster. Uh, Now our restaurants in California are closed down again for outdoor dining. And I am going to be a little political for a second and say, please, if you live in California, or you are out of state or wherever you are listening to this, um, you can write to your Senate. at savetherestaurants.com and just sign a petition about these restaurants being able to stay open because here's the thing, the people in restaurants are the ones wearing the masks and they're being super safe and they're following all these protocols and all these small businesses spent a fortune being compliant with the laws and now we're taking away their business and our businesses are not gonna stay open. So, you know, wear a mask be really careful. You know, I'm spending Thanksgiving with my husband and my two kids and we're not with family and I'm going to be trapped in the house with my husband. And honestly, like, I don't know how many more of the same conversations I can have. I've started, (laughs) I finished Netflix. I literally almost watched that show. Um, Chris Lee knows best. Like I'm desperate. I don't know what else to watch on TV. So, um, Yeah, I mean, I hate to have a side note and interrupt the story, but I just think, you know, it's the holidays and people are not going to have jobs and money. And it's just, we need all, like you said, like support each other and uh, be there for each other. In a weird way, I believe everything happens for a reason. I've talked about this before. And I kind of feel like this is really like a test on all of us to see are we going to come out better and stronger as humans? And it's either or, you know? So I just think in general, like what you're doing, Mitzi, and like what a fantastic person you are. Um, I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that very, very much. And I appreciate this platform that you're giving so many people, you know, getting a diagnosis like this is so hard, but I love that you're allowing me to, talk about it. And, you know, and I do want to say if anybody, you know, that is listening to this ever wants to reach out and it doesn't have to be a fragile X diagnosis, like special needs is kind of like, we're like a family, (laughs) you know, every diagnosis is not the same, but there are similarities. And if anybody ever wants to reach out and just zoom with a cocktail, you know, I'm here, you know, and there's hope there's actually, I just, I did want to mention like this stress of Jack's life will never end for me ever. Even after I'm gone, the stress of what will happen to him is incredible for me to carry, right? And, you know, I just read an article that said, you know, 97% of adults with intellectual disabilities live in poverty. That is a weight that I feel every day, right? So, but silver lining 
UC, the UC Davis Mind Institute is starting in the fall, a four-year college program for kids, well, adults with intellectual disabilities, including Down syndrome, Fragile X syndrome, autism, all sorts of things. And it's a four-year program where they will attend UC Davis with peer models that are undergraduates. There's housing, and then there's like uh, life skills programs, and then they will flow into internships, which will then flow into jobs. And so, you know, for me, knowing that there is hope that after I'm gone, he will be successful, I'm, that's all I need to hang on to, you know? That's unbelievable. And isn't that insane? That just came out. That, it just came out. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw it out there that like, there's hope people. <laughs> there's always hope. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's always yeah. hope. And, um, and Mitzi, I mean, I thank you so much for you. sharing your story. I love you. Um, I love you. You're my little Disney princess friend. And <laughs> I do believe that birds land on your finger and you're not telling me the truth on that. You're so um, funny. And I can't whenever wait. I feel down. I do. I, whenever I do feel down, I go, well, Megan thinks I'm a princess. So I got to like channel <laughs> that energy. And I, and I can't wait um, for our puppies to meet. So I yes. am a crazy person and I ended up getting a chocolate lab puppy. I have a black lab that's four and I have a chocolate lab puppy that's 13 and a half weeks. And she literally, her breath smells like poop all the time. She, when she bites me, it feels like needles are like oh, yeah. into my hands. I have cuts everywhere. And, um, she's, but you love her so but much. I'm, I've not, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Her name's RBG shout out to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We call her Ruthie and she makes me so happy. So I can't wait for us to walk with our puppy. Oh my gosh. Ruth and Dottie are little old ladies. I know they're like <laughs> the golden girls. They're so cute. Anyways, I'm going to close with this. Keep living, keep praying, and keep growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.